you still use static stretching as your only way to warm up? Do you use conditioning at the beginning of a workout or practice or an event to get ready to then go and perform and work out and practice? In this episode of the Move Better with a Cheer PT po uh, podcast and vlog, we're going to talk about when you should condition, when you should static stretch, and why it's important to not do those at the beginning of a practice or right before a practice. This is the Cheer PT podcast, where we dive into the thrills, the skills, and the spills, and all things that contribute to a lifelong love of cheerleading wellness. Whether you're a current cheerleader, coach, parent, or former cheerleader, we have conversations you'll want to hear. Brought to you by Move Better Physical Therapy and Fitness and hosted by Laura Turner. Are you ready? Let's go! Do you still use static stretching as your only way to warm up? Do you use conditioning at the beginning of a workout or practice or an event to get ready to then go and perform and work out and practice? In this episode of the Move Better with a Cheer PT po uh, podcast and vlog, we're going to talk about when you should condition, when you should static stretch, and why it's important to not do those at the beginning of a practice or right before a practice. I'm Laura Turner. If you don't know me, I am a physical therapist and a strength coach, and I am a former cheerleader and coach, and I help parents and coaches and cheerleaders make sure they are ready to go for every event, reduce the risk of injury, recover from an injury, and return after an injury. I'm passionate about helping you keep your cheerleaders safe and healthy and on the mat so that you can hit zero and you can have fun in the process and reduce risk of injury. So welcome back. Let's talk a little bit about stretching. Stretching has gotten a bad rap in the last 10 years or so. There was some research out a while back that um, static stretching right before an event would actually lower power and lower your ability to perform and to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, do the skills that you need to do. It actually sets you up for a, a bigger risk of injury, you know, and they were looking at lifting as opposed to necessarily in a sporting event, but that translated to a sporting event. So and in the uh, strength and conditioning world, we kind of got away from static stretching altogether. Well, really, the, what the research showed is that if you st if you stretch longer than sixty seconds before you uh, are going to do a lift or do an, uh, do something, whatever that might be, an event, you you would lose that power. And it, it, there was also a time frame between the stretch and a workup. What I take that to mean is that it's still okay to do some static stretching before. And what I've learned in the recent past from my strength and conditioning certifications is that it's actually good to do a little static stretching. Maybe you foam roll, maybe then you stretch, you kind of warm the tissues up a little bit, get things moving. Then you do your holding stretch. So a static stretch is one that you are going to hold for maybe 15 to 30 seconds. So it's not a full 60 second change mechanics, but it's just to warm the tissue up. Then you get into a dynamic warm-up. A dynamic warm-up is different than conditioning. Um, it doesn't mean, uh, I'm going to go on a rant a little bit about this because I've worked with some cheerleaders recently who told me that their warm-up is they stretch a little bit and then they get into their tumbling drills and their jump drills and their stunt drills, and then they get into practice. Well, by then you're exhausted and, uh, you know, it's, of course stunts are going to come down if you're doing repetition after repetition after repetition. So instead, 
what is important. Because if you went to the gym, you wouldn't be doing reps of, you know, cleans and jerks and uh, squats to do your warm up. You're going to loosen your muscles up. Maybe you do a light set just to, you know, to prepare you for where you're going. But you need to loosen your joints up. You need to loosen your hips up, your shoulders. Um, so a dynamic warm up is one that you are creating mobility through your muscles, getting your joints to move appropriately, and getting the, the muscles and the tendons ready so they have blood flow and they're loosened up and active and uh, prepped and ready to go for whatever it is that you're going to do. So in a workout, it's important to do a dynamic warm-up. I like to include breathing because that's for me, activates my core, gets me going. Some spinal cogs and mobility because that kind of loosens the spine up. And I'll do those in lying down or on hands and knees um, in different positions. I like to do some bridging. That like it extends your hips a little bit. It gets your glutes ready to go. And it just kind of prepares some extension because we're all sitting here like this all day. Um, I'd like to do some core work, maybe some planks and uh, alternating bird dogs, something to just really kind of tell my 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 abs, my obliques, my back muscles, hey, we're going to do some work and you need to be ready to go. Then I'll get into some inchworms, which will incorporate some posterior line and core at the same time. Maybe some Spider-Mans to get your hips loosened. Maybe some happy babies. It doesn't matter you, as long as you get a variety in. One thing I find missing in a lot of uh, cheer workouts or, or um, warm-ups is getting some shoulder mobility, you know, getting your shoulder blades working. If we're holding things overhead or we're tumbling, those shoulder blade blades actually need to be stronger than our deltoids and our pecs. They need to be working to stabilize and hold and help the rotator cuff. So maybe doing some band pull-aparts or, um, you know, even just some, uh, I call these goalposts to touchdown motions where you're keeping your shoulder blades engaged and you're uh, creating some movement and, um, and stability through the shoulders and the shoulder blades. The key is you ne we need to warm up the muscles that we're using and the joints that we're using and, and the opposite to help stabilize the, the doing. So if we're always holding out here, we need to work back here. If you can't see me, if this, you're listening to this on the podcast, I have my hands forward, like where I'm holding a stunt and then out to the side, like a, a W position. Um, taking our body through full range of motion and uh, not necessarily holding that static stretch, but, but moving in and out of it in a forward and back motion helps to create that stability. You watch football players on the field, they are walking and stretching at the same time. They're not standing. They may do a little static stretch to start, but then they're getting to some walking lunges or Frankenstein walks or, um, you know, they're, they're uh, hip circles and open the open and close the gate. All other sports except for cheerleading does these dynamic warmups and they're important. They don't just get in, you know, yes, sometimes like a basketball team, they're going to go and shoot layups, but they've already done their warm up beforehand. Those are practice drills, and that should be part of practice. When you get into conditioning and you use your stunting, your tumbling, and your jumping for conditioning, it actually wears you out ahead of time. Perhaps it could be said that you could do that conditioning at the end of practice, but really your conditioning work to build your endurance to, that you're going to be able to get through a two-hour practice and get through a two-and-a-half-minute routine or a workout needs to be done outside of practice. Now, if you're working out, that I consider conditioning at the end of practice. So 
A good workout in the gym might include a static stretch, foam roll, static stretch, and then some dynamic work to loosen your hamstrings, loosen your hip flexors, loosen your, your glute muscles, um, get your shoulder blades active and create some mobility through your shoulders, maybe some neck mobility. Then you jump into your strength work and you're going to include all those uh, seven, six to seven key components, uh, you know, a squat, a lunge, a deadlift, a row, a uh, or a pulling motion and a pushing and a pulling and a pushing motion um, so that you, and then a carry and some core. So you incorporate that and however way you're going to do that for your workout. And if you want more advice, please reach out because I love to talk about this and, and how I program, um, but you can work it however works in your own body. And then after that, you're going to go do your conditioning work. If you add 10 minutes to, at the end of a workout and do a uh, nice high intensity, um, you know, burpees or mountain climbers or swings, or you go do sprints, you know, any of that for just 10 minutes at the end of your lift, and then you get your heart rate up and you've done a little bit of conditioning. And then at the end, you're going to do some static stretching. I'll talk about more static stretching in a second. Um, it's also important you could do your conditioning and you should do longer conditioning, maybe a slower intensity or one or two high intensity interval work in between your strength sessions. It's the same as when you're cheering. You're going to do your foam roll if you're doing that, static stretch, then get into some dynamic work where you're doing more active and you're activating your core and you're working your, uh, your legs and you're stretching out, you know, you're actively taking your legs through the motion that they're going to do. So if you're going to do kicks that or jumps that day, maybe you do some kicks and you're working on core stability by keeping your ribs down and your arms in a T or in a high V and you work the kicks on either side, but you're not doing a thousand of them at once. A warm up should be five repetitions, maybe 10, not a 30 second hold on a plank, but maybe a five second hold and maybe do three reps. So it's a shorter duration and you really just get your body going. After you get into your warm up, then you get into your practice, and uh, you know maybe you run through your tumble skills and your uh, jumps and your you know your basic stunts to warm them up one or two times before you get into actually putting your routine and your and whatever you're doing through practice together that day. <clears throat> At the end, if you have time, do some conditioning. In this instance, where you've been through practice, I wouldn't use stunts and tumbling and jumping as your conditioning. That's when I would actually get down and, okay, we're going to do burpees or we're going to do sprint drills or whatever that might be. Something different that's less risk of injury. At the end, always, always, always save time at the end, maximum 10 minutes to do 10 minutes of stretching. And this is where you're going to hold those static stretches. So the end of a workout or the end of a practice or a competition or a game, that's when you're going to go and you're going to hold those static stretches. Give them about 60 seconds. Hamstrings, uh, straddle stretches. Make sure you stretch your hips out because stretching your internal and external rotators will allow that turnout for your jumps. Maybe you're holding a back bend or I love hands behind your back, at, like right about your belt level line and pinching your elbows together. That's a great way to open up your chest and then hold that. That's not going to put the shoulder blades or the shoulders and the anterior shoulder at risk, but it will stabilize through the shoulder blades and create better movement there. Instead of just whipping and having somebody pull them back and crank on you. You can do assisted stretching for sure, but listen to what your body's telling you and go to 
the individual's endpoint as opposed to um, trying to push, you know, uh, crank on it and really uh, make the maximum. You do want to stretch to your ability level, but you don't need to force it. Give that time at the end of practice for that for that longer hold and longer stretch and put the emphasis there. Performing this way and incorporating, uh, you know, proper warm-up, proper lift and, and um, practice time and conditioning and stretching into a regular routine will help reduce injuries. It's going to reduce the the overstrain and the overuse injuries. It's going to set you up for less risk of rolling your ankle and create better stability. And so you have more strength to be able to go and do what you want to do and perform better stunts and higher stunts and all of that. Or be if you're listening to this and you're a parent, it's going to allow you to be able to shovel better and react quicker when you are needing to be in those situations. Let me know if you have any questions. Uh, please leave a comment below. Uh, if reach out, I have plenty of workouts and stretches and um, different uh, work, workout routines and conditioning routines that I would love to send you. If you want more information on that, um, please don't hesitate to reach out. And um, if you are looking for more information, um, you can reach me on all social media and uh, the link is in the comments below as well as a link to the healthy cheerleader challenge, seven day cheerleading challenge, which talks about food, nutrition, uh, workouts and mindset and um, different ways to just incorporate an overall well-rounded healthy cheerleader. Um, and I also, if you're not into cheerleading and you're listening to this, I have a uh, tip for uh health and wellness in general. My, uh, there's a, there's a link for that in the link tree, uh, tree below. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget when in doubt, breathe it out, take life one step at a time and always find the beauty in the day. And as my dear friend, Drew Kelleher said, um, you are responsible for your own vibes. So go out there, have a great day and I will see you next time. Take care. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the cheer PT podcast. I want to know, what was your biggest takeaway today? If you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from the information, please share. The more people we reach, the more health and safety of cheerleading will be brought to awareness. If you want to watch the live versions of the interviews that we do, come join the Healthy Cheerleading Facebook group. And, if, and you can also catch the replay on our YouTube channel, The Cheer PT. For more tips on the health and wellness of cheerleading, be sure to follow us on social media. The links are in the show notes below. Thanks for being part of our cheer team. Until next time, live your life without deductions and with extraordinary cheer.